Welcome everyone to episode 26 of Chewing the Fat with Melf and Remy. Yay, I, I was going to trick you. I thought you were going to say your name, but you said my name. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. 26 episodes, Mike. How are we feeling? Feeling good, my friend. That countdown is coming up, isn't it? In regards to return to gym action, isn't it? Yeah, and do you know what? I was thinking the podcast, mate. We've nearly done a year. What was the exact date? Do you know? Oh, this is when you're going to pull it up as well. I reckon it's going to be May. May Not a clue, Matt. No, I'm glad you don't know either. But <laughs> we've had obviously so much fun with people um, sharing this in their socials. And me and you have got a lot from doing this podcast and being consistent at it. Welcome to Chewing the Fat with Mel and Grimmy. Two PTs talking about life inside and outside of the fitness industry. How would you classify this topic today, Matt? I'll put it in our lifestyle category. If you're going to put it in a folder, Mike, on your on your laptop, put it in the lifestyle folder. It's probably more of a, a sub, of of a subjective view from both of us. Um, so if you know you don't agree with us on the podcast, please let us know. But today we're going to talk about this movement called the body positivity movement. Mike, are you aware of this movement? I am. If I'm being honest, I have to do a bit more research on it because you see a lot on social media. But I guess it's, it's it's good to get a better understanding of it all from yourself, mate. Have you been following it quite a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think oh, it must have been when I first really sort of encountered the start of this movement. Maybe I'm wrong. So, you know, anyone feel free to correct me is when Nike was, I think, one of the first to have a plus size mannequin. Might have been over a year, year and a half ago. And it obviously caused a bit of a stir in the media. You know, people were sort of quite against it, saying that it's not healthy, something that big. Other people were sitting on the other side you know, saying that everyone's okay to exercise. And yeah, I get that. And I think it is grown this movement, especially through social media. So today we're going to really hate using the word, Mike, didn't we, mate? The word fat. It's a horrible word. The name itself, isn't it? The way you say it, it just doesn't sound a very nice word, does it? Just, just it's, even if you use it in regards to nutrition, or that, that food yeah. contains fat, it just straight away, it's got that negative it's very sort of connotation to it. I was going to say, do you think it's quite a derogatory term as well people use? I think people use it as a, a, a negative term quite a lot. So when we try and use it as a term, which is not negative to describe, say, a food or perhaps an individual straight away, it comes across as a an insulting sort of word. And it's interesting, like you say, about the, the body positivity movement. And after doing a bit more research on it, it seems like I say the movement was created to sort of empower overweight individuals. And it's just a shame that it's had to come to that point where they've just been treated differently because of their size. It's just a shame that humans just have to treat people like this. Yeah, most definitely, mate. Most definitely. And, you know, like I say, I think it is, like I say, the, the, what is behind it is, is very positive as well. It's empowered a lot of individuals. But as you said, it's a, a shame that, people have had to sort of stick up and defend themselves for this. Unless you're using the word, Mike, as well. When you were saying about different terminology with fat, did you ever used to use the word fat with P in front of it when you were describing something cool? 
Yeah, that was a fat tune with a P, yes. Yeah, but then I was like, giving a few weird looks and I was like, stop using it. <laughs> that could have been my dodgy haircut at the time. So uh, before 35, it fell out. At 35 years old, still using the word fat like Mike. That was 20 years ago, <laughs> mate. you got to let it go. you got to let it go, son. Okay, Mike. So if we're, we're, I mean, first of all, I want to put this out there. I don't think fat is a description of someone. You have mm. fat, but you're not fat. You know, everybody no, has fat to a degree. Well, we need body fat to survive. Mm, yeah, and some people yeah. have more fat, some people have less fat. So I think, first of all, we want to get it out there that it's no way um, trying to categorise anyone as actually, that is your label, you are fat. Everyone has fat. Mm. Obviously, some people have more body fat, some people have less body fat. And just to get it out there as well, you know, if you look on the other end of the spectrum, if someone was obese, maybe... On the flip side, if someone with a BMI is so low, this could be just as applicable if someone was, say, anorexic. So um, it, it does work both ways. But my, my question to you is, you know, with your experience as a PT, have you maybe trained anyone in the past that has been overweight or fat or however you want to categorise it and also been fit? Mate, absolutely. And when I say the word fit, again, that's a very broad term as well. So... When I say fit, I mean fit for purpose. So, for example, if you were to look at the England rugby team, so I don't know if you watched last weekend's game. I know you're not, you're not a massive rugby Is that the fan, one with the funny shaped ball? Do you like egg-shaped ball? That's the, the egg chasers. That's the one. We're egg chasers. <sighs> <laughs> so there, there are certain individuals in the rugby team that are required to be bigger than other people to ultimately perform their task. Normally the guys at the uh, scrum time, they're normally the, on the, the biggest guys on the pitch. Okay, and if they weren't a certain shape or size, then it would make doing their job ineffective compared to the opposite side. So, in, in, but these are the guys who can run around a pitch for 80 minutes. And if you ever were to look up how far these guys travel in regards to an 80 minute game, I think it's sort of around a 10K mark. These are big fellas, like 18 stone, 19 stone running around. So I'm a true believer in you can be overweight and fit for purpose. Back in the day when I did a marathon, Casually. Uh, not, not out of choice. Casually. You know? Well, long story short, my wife trained for it and three weeks before um, she fell pregnant with my firstborn. So we'd arranged to do it all for charity and, and uh, painfully got through it. But anyway, I digress. Even on that day, people were flying past me running sub four hour, three hour marathons and you would classify those people as being overweight. Look at Olympics, you know, shot putters. Yeah. So they are fit people. Eddie Hall when he was at his biggest 190 or kilos yeah you're not going to go up to him and say look mate sorry mate you've you've been overweight for what you're doing (laughs) and the thing is as well them strong men even though you know they're some of them events are like a minute to two minutes long and they're shifting some big weights their heart rate is yes so they have to be massively cardiovascularly fit as well yeah I mean don't get me wrong I think you can be overweight and fit but at the same time, if, for example, if me and you, if we want to be serious, competitive, say, cross-country runners, we would not be fit for purpose because we're carrying too much, too much weight. For us to be able to compete at a high level, you know, we'd be too heavy compared to other athletes and so on. So, but yeah. on a general everyday fitness, being overweight doesn't stop you from becoming fit. However, no. it does somewhat limit your progress. I mean, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you were to take an example, um, a runner, you know, the... the if we're talking like long distance running, you know, it does work in your favor. If you are lighter, you, you're probably going to get quicker times. I mean, I've had clients in the past 
who have not necessarily overweight at all, but maybe they've lost a few kilos and they've like instantly PB'd their 10K run. And just by the default of losing weight. So like you said, I think it is just, it's down to what sport you're playing. You know, if you're a weightlifter, almost being the upper end in your weight category is going to be a massive advantage. So um, yeah, I think regarding what people associate being fit, fit is different for every single person. You know, some people might think Sandra two does down does three Zumba classes a week. That's fit. I would love to be like her. Some people look at Mike, the credited Mike Melford, athlete superstar who competes in every sport and does really well, would be fit. So retired. Also, might touch on that. You said about rugby, about BMI. Do you think it's a good measure in any shape or form, mate? That's a really good question. And the World Health Organization regards like BMI of you know anything less than eighteen point five has been underweight, mm. and anything greater than twenty five is overweight, and thirteen above is obese. So I thought I would check my one, my BMI, stick it in. Oh, and yeah. um, I came out with a 27.6 score. And uh, that suggests I'm overweight, but also my ethnicity means that with this score, I'm at risk of type two diabetes. But they say, if I gradually lose 5% of my weight, that will reduce my health problems. A recommended sort of, for me to lose is about four and a half kilos. For my purpose of what I want to do, that's not really going to suit me. However, I think for certain individuals, it's probably quite good if you're on the upper or lower end of the scale. I think it's perhaps got its place. I mean, what are your thoughts, Matthew? Yeah, I think you, you've sort of hit the nail on the head there. Like, I think for like trained athletes or trained individuals, I should say, really, um, yeah, BMI probably doesn't have a massive relevance, especially if you're maybe in a sport where you, you know, you require to carry more weight, whether that be fat or that be muscle or just weight in general. Um, but regarding like general population, we've got to remember as well, these sort of measures are for the average person who maybe doesn't exercise and, and whatnot as well. And there has to be a way of collecting data and BMI is the simplest way, the simplest formula we can all access without having mm. like a DEXA, is it a DEXA scan, isn't it? When you yeah, there's so many different scans that you could yeah. do. Yeah, there's, there's so, tons of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so there almost has to be a way of categorizing people into, you know, if they're overweight, underweight, obese. Because I know in this country, we do have a big problem compared to other European countries with quite a overweight and obese population, don't we? I know we discussed this one offline. Um, what was the sort of stats that you, were, that you had in your head about the percentage of the UK at the moment that is classified as overweight or obese? So I think a little while ago, must have been two years ago, I went to Medway Health Summit or Healthy Eating Summit, what have you, some sort of summit. And I, I believe the local average was 66% of Medway was overweight. I think the UK average was a little bit less. And, but that's a lot, yeah. of, lot of people, Mike. And I, I believe the obese population might maybe have been maybe in the rounds of maybe 15 to 25%. Um, I haven't got any yeah. sort of notes in front of me, but that's quite scary, isn't it? I mean, can you be overweight and still be healthy? I think the thing is, the further you, you come away from 
you know, what's considered healthy BMI, the chances are you're going to incur some health problems. Let's take Eddie Hall, same thing. Okay, he's fit for purpose, but he is at quite health risk later in life, you know, with things like diabetes, you know, heart disease, all these sort of things that can come in from, you know, simply carrying too much weight. So yeah, your health is going to be at risk. But on the flip side of it, if you're under a BMI of 18 by a fair amount, then you're also going to be at health risk. It's not to say it's, it's not impossible, but it nearly is. What's your yeah. thoughts on it, mate? Treading on eggshell sort of moment, isn't it really? Because hmm. what we're doing here is we're using data, research and science back to opinions, not just our own sort of subjective opinions. And this is more about physical health, not mental health. I know the body positivity movement is predominantly about sort of mental health as it, as it is physical. Mm. But and, and these aren't scare tactics, but you know, it's, it's our job as PTs to promote a healthy lifestyle. You know, that's what we do for, for a living. So, you know, for us, we're all, we are always going to promote a healthier approach to, to a lifestyle. You know, there's research on, you know, the risks like, like cancer being, a, you know, obesity being the second biggest cause mm. of it. You know, if, for example, if you're a BMI of 30 to 35, you're at 70% high risk of developing heart problems which you know in comparison to anyone between 18 to 25 so again you know i'm not trying to scare you here guys it's just providing with science-backed studies and research as, as well really so getting us back to you know where we spoke about being you know the body positivity movement as well mm. do you think you can be overweight and happy matt yeah, most certainly. I, I think that is the core values of the body positivity movement, definitely. You know, because it, as you said, there, there's science-backed data that suggests that the more overweight you are, you know, you, you're not as healthy because you're, you're more susceptible to all these sort of diseases later in life if, if you continue. But you can certainly be happy. And when I ever start working with a client, you know, get them to a happy place that doesn't mean a certain size it doesn't mean a certain weight it, it doesn't mean if they've got a six pack or whatever it is the goal is to make sure someone is happy and if someone is happy being a a size 14 or whatever what other people maybe go or oh, they're overweight but they're happy then that is that's the end goal isn't it to be happy in life body shape should not dictate how happy you are and, uh, we, and we don't need science or any facts to discuss that that's just plain yeah. and simple you know, your body shape should not dictate how happy you are. And, you know, back to when I was at my leanest. Oh, I like, you've done this as a post, didn't you? I like this one. That's a really good yeah. post. About a year or so ago, weren't it? It was. And, I'll, you know, when I think about it, getting back to, uh, I was competing in a, at like a, a performance-based fitness event. And ultimately, you know, the sacrifice I made to get to that point, I missed out on my, you know, drinking on my friend's stag do going out for a meal with the missus and say, no, I'm not going to have that or this or missing out on things, getting up at crazy times, training a crazy amount, you know, and I think back to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the end I got what I wanted, but was I happy deep down? No, I wasn't, you know, and see all these images of like the perfect bodies and all this sort of stuff. And all we're showing is the end product, not how miserable or unhappy it is to get to that point. And I'm not slating people who are in great shape. You know, I think it's a incredible achievement and, know commitment required and if you're happy then that's fantastic so but just from a personal experience i just want people to understand that just because you know you look a certain way doesn't make you 
guaranteed happy because you know sometimes the sacrifices required for that are quite big aren't they oh 100 mate some of the most in shape people i know are miserable and boring as fuck like <laughs> do you know what i mean and this like i say is everything i always ask like any of any of my clients like you know readiness of change if someone is quite happy to go for a curry at the weekend drink a couple of bottles of wine and that makes them happy and they're happy doing training during the week then yeah that's cool you know no one's is this your mate called matt <laughs> asking for a friend um yeah so i think the goal is happiness and yeah we should celebrate happiness and confidence and self-esteem and these sort of victories over how much weight have you lost what dress size are you you know have you got an eight pack or any of that shit so i think definitely you can be happy but I think the problem being, Mike, with these sort of movements, you get what I like to call bandwagon jumpers, you know? Mm. Did yeah. you do a post on your Instagram about this? Yeah, I did actually. Because, you know, if you go on Instagram, there's a lot of women out there promoting body positivity. You could say these women are overweight or carrying excess fat and they're, you know, showing their tummies off and they're proud of it and people commenting positively in the comments below. And that's cool. But I've noticed a few very lean female individuals that, you know, probably under 10% body fat, pushing their stomachs out with something that clearly isn't there and grabbing hold of whatever skin they've got on their six pack and trying to jump on this movement as well. Now, my argument is, Mike, I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me. I think that could be quite negative because if I was sitting here and I was carrying a bit of excess body fat. And I went on Instagram. I saw one of them posts of someone who's very lean claiming they're, it's okay to have roles. It's okay to have this. When they clearly haven't, I'd feel shit about myself. Is that because your perception of them would be, oh, if they're in great shape, then, oh, well, I must make me not in great shape or not in shape. I mean, that again, that's a term that's used quite broadly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is, like you say, if they're obviously jumping the bandwagon and saying it's okay to have roles when they clearly haven't, and then someone is resonating that post thinking, oh, they, they've, they've got roles, I must be really out of shape, then I think it'd be quite negative to the movement. It's a hard balance with the movement because there's no defined rules, is there? It's just like right. how people see it. And like I say, I, I did a bit of looking and I'm not a big one for celebrity endorsements but I did see one I did like whether it's true or not I found it on a website you know sometimes are these these apparent celeb quotes and this one was from Demi Lovato and she said I'm not going to sacrifice my mental health to have the perfect body that really resonates with me yeah about you know what we did to sacrifice you know your mental health and to have the perfect body and yeah I think we can just get too caught up with trying to reach the impossible yeah yeah and actually we've got a podcast lined up guys if you're listening to this with um one of our mates called rob who's competed in bodybuilding as well and he's actually going to give us a scope into training for a bodybuilding competition and obviously mm. how extreme that is on the other end of the spectrum when you know a lot of people will sit in this middle ground of maybe enjoying training eating relatively well and you know being social and i think that is really really cool place to be especially if you're happy confident your self-esteem is, is is good then you know i don't think there's a problem with anything yeah it's finding the right balance that's what we say just finding what makes what works for you and you know, rather than following what works for you know john down the road or you know or shat or shazza 
Shazza oh, yes. and John. Shazza. They're having an affair of it. Before we go, Matt, a quick yeah. one. I mean, I know we spoke about, you know, the body positivity and that's mainly, is like, I guess it's related to, to women as well. I know us, us guys suffer too. Mainly people kind of look at that as being the overweight, but I think sometimes that's, that's be quite hurtful too when people kind of really focus on how thin someone is or how skinny someone is or, you yeah. know. I think, it, like you said, it's, it's the language we're using. I think that is the problem. You know, even if we're, we're praising someone for being, you look so skinny, like it's something to be proud of. And sometimes, well, you don't know that reason why that person has lost that weight through a form of um, disordered eating, eating disorder, and that person could have gone through a really messy breakup and is, is stressed. And then you're telling them, oh, they look really good because they've lost like, you know, two stone or whatever. Um, so I think we have to be really careful with the language we use. And even I'm more conscious about it now, you know, when it comes to if a client loses weight on the scale, not to praise them for losing weight on the scale, focus on other positives rather than, oh, you've lost a, lost a pound. Because you know what, if they gain a pound the next week, they're going to be near and on suicidal if I'm celebrating they've lost a pound. Yeah. So it's being really careful of all of these things. And as you mentioned, men, I mean, Dan, if you can relate to this as well, Mike, I know we talk, this movement is, you know, predominantly women, I think all women, but I think men have you know a lot of pressure nowadays or more so you know with terms like dad bods i mean i don't fall into that because i'm not dad so how do you feel if someone say oh melf you got dad bod you know what i don't know if i'm being honest i've been referenced with dad jokes you know so i always see that as a yeah. as insult because I, I like to think my jokes are pretty funny but um <laughs> yeah it's that okay well it's okay you're a dad i think sometimes we have to just be careful that individual may not be in a happy place we got to be careful with the language that we use even though it's used as like a almost like a comical term i don't know if it, you you know it's almost like an acceptable way of someone's calling a man overweight yeah someone said i've got a dad bod i'll be like okay cool well i don't really know what that means really but not yeah. everyone's in that same same sort of mindset if you're not particularly happy with your your current uh, physical appearance then that you can take yeah. that quite as an insult I'm can't you and what gives people the right to comment on how you look? That's the thing I always think, man. Like, if you t if you turn around and said, Matt, you're you're fat at the moment, I'd be like, you're what? Where did that come from? I didn't yeah. even ask you. So it's it's really weird that people feel the need to comment on how other people look. But yeah, I, I think the the summary of this is just using the correct language and not categorizing people into categories all the time. It's mental. Just be nice. Just be nice, everyone. What's wrong with you? Yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave it there. Mike, any final words with today's podcast? Stay safe, guys. Stay well. What he said. <laughs> <laughs>